Welcome to the Robcast 139. Hello, my friends. There you have it. There you have it. Episode 139. Thank you, Violet Bale. And so, yes, continuing with uh, the trend from last week, there will be a seven-year-old girl dangling from silks up and behind my head for the duration of this episode. Um, And uh, this episode is called The Thing in the Air Part 2. The last episode was The Thing in the Air Part 1, because we need to talk about The Thing in the Air. And this uh, episode, The Thing in the Air Part 2, is called How Progress Works. Um, Because for so many people, there is this conviction like that we've taken a step back, um, that this new president and what's happening, when it re- whether uh, with travel bans or executive orders or just lying to the American people or to rights or respect or the use and abuse of the press, um, it feels like, in, like we've taken a giant step back. And so I specifically want to talk to those of you who have a, a low or high-grade anxiety terror, fear, worry, like what's happening? Like it's, it feel like, felt like we were going in the right direction and now we're not. Um, and I want to give you another perspective that allows you to deny, condemn, and protest that which we should uh, deny, condemn, and protest, and yet also is aware of what else is happening right in the midst of all of this uh, insanity. So, uh, we're going to explore all that in this episode. And, uh, oh yeah, first, before we get rolling, um, I have a Largo show February 28th and, uh, Moonsville Collective is going to be joining me and for some music, but then, uh, I'm doing this whole thing on third way nonviolence and what does resistance look like? So that's my next Largo show February 28th. Would love to see you there. Tickets at Largo. And then, uh, you know, our friend Pete Rollins, our beloved uh, in-house, in-back-house philosopher, uh, Pete is actually starting his Atheism for Lent, and he does this really interesting daily reading and reflection, and then I think weekly he does a teaching, and you can sign up for it, and people who have done it just love it. So uh, our beloved friend Pete Rollins, um, I can't recommend his Atheism for Lent enough. For those of you who found the, the interviews I did last year with him, um, helpful and illuminating, uh, maybe the next step is Atheism for Lent. That's at, at his website. And then also, um, I got a hold of all these old books of mine, and I signed them, and all sorts of early versions and soft cover versions and out-of-print versions, and you can get signed versions at my site. And then, because I got them in a warehouse somewhere, and I'd rather have you have them. So, you know, let's do that. Take them off my hands. So, enough of that. My friends, let's talk about the thing in the air part two, how progress works. And uh, specifically, I I want to address this question that's in the air, which is why does it suddenly seem like as a country or as a world, um, we have taken a step back and what do we do about that and how do we think about that? Last episode, I talked about how what happened in the modern world is for many people, the entire system they were marinated in was based on like a hyper-individualism. So it's just you. You're alone. Your body, you, your dreams, your desires. 
who you are being you in the world. And that for many people, the way that the modern world shaped them, cut them off from this awareness that we are part of a body, that we are a body, we each have a body made of smaller parts, but we are also a smaller part within a larger body. And for many people, whenever you use the word body, they would assume you're speaking about their individual body or someone else's individual body and not our body. And so what's happening is right now, millions of people in the midst of all this insanity are waking up to the fact that we have a body, that we all make up one body. And that's why it's so insane, but it's also awesome what's happening because people are literally marching in the streets, protesting in airports. People are realizing we should know more about how our body works. By the way, side note, in, uh, I came up through the Jesus tradition. In the Jesus tradition, there's something called the Mass, the Eucharist, the Communion, the Lord's Table, the Lord's Supper. Um, the Mass, the Communion, was always about the bread and wine on a table as a way of reminding you that you are part of a larger body. And what happened for many people in the modern world, especially uh, if you've had any familiarity with the Protestant tradition, is the Protestant tradition was so, uh, so dominated by individualistic thinking that gradually the Eucharist, the Mass, the Lord's Supper, came to be an individual thing. You know, basically like, hey... <laughs> We're probably not going to go to hell, so let's have some grape juice. Do you know what I mean? It was basically just uh, an individual exercise and not you came to this communal table to remind you that we all, as humanity, form a body. So there's literally this ritual in the Jesus tradition that's a couple of thousands of years old that is all about heightening your senses to your participation in a larger body. And so, of course, before the meal, you'd make sure that all the single parents had their rent paid, and anybody who needed uh, transportation to the doctor, somebody was going to take them. And somebody who just lost their job, everybody would pitch in to make sure that they could pay their bills for the next little bit while they got back on their feet. So what's fascinating to me is there are these traditions, like the tradition I came from, there are these traditions that at their center was cultivating this consciousness about how we are all as humanity, from every background, from every ethnicity, from every religion, we are all uh, part of one body. And what's actually, actually happening right now is millions and millions of people are rediscovering something that's actually been true quantumly, biologically, uh, that's been true the whole time, is that we are all deeply connected with one another. But, but we have been so deeply marinated for the past couple of hundred years in this hyper-individualistic world that was like, forget them, just take care of yourself. And now we're realizing, oh, actually everything is connected with everything else. So uh, in sort of last week or the, the last episode, uh, I explored this idea that you are a body and your body is made up of smaller parts in the same way that you are a smaller part within a larger body. There are geographic bodies and there are all sorts of different kinds of bodies, but there's a body politic. And 
we have some toxins, some disease in our body, and we're waking up to that. And that's why it's terribly frustrating and insane and overwhelming. And it's also invigorating and uh, inspiring is to see what that's looking like. Now, in this episode, uh, I want to talk about how progress works. And I specifically want to address every one of you who've had this sense like, oh my word, we have just taken a huge step back. And especially for those of you who there's an existential despair that's built into that question, have we taken, have we just taken a bunch of steps backwards? Um, and, and I want to, first off, affirm some of those impulses. You're right. Yeah, we have taken some steps backwards. But uh, I want to point out something that's even at a deeper level true that can help us think about what's happening in our midst and then um, how we go forward. So first, let's talk about you. Let's talk about your life. Uh, has it been pretty much a straight line up and to the right? When you think uh, about the trajectory of your life, how you got here, where you are now, it was pretty easy. Was it pretty much like you, you just started out and you were good, and then you did some more things and found out you were great at those things, and then you tried some other things and found out that you were winning at those things, and then from there, it was just sort of being awesome day after day. <laughs> Any, anybody relate to anything I'm saying? No. Please tell me no. It's like you turned this way, and then there was that detour, and then you ran into this wall. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then you ended up face down in the gutter, and then you sort of got back up, but got hit by a car, and then sort of made a few good turns, but then anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like if you were to pick an image to describe sort of the trajectory, the arc of your life. How many of you, uh, when you think about your successes, your failures, you think about winning, losing, you think about money, you think about career, you think about relationships, self-esteem, uh, the voices in your head telling you things about who you are and how good you are, how good you aren't. How many of you, if you were to think of an image to sort of describe what your life has been like, how many of you would be like, oh, I have, I have one. It's like an eagle taking off like powerful wings flapping as it launches. No, 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 right? You're like me. Like, no, the last thing it is was a graceful launch of a eagle rocketing through the air. When I think of images to describe what it's been like, I think of like falling down a flight of stairs on a 10-speed bicycle wearing ice skates and oven mitts with duct tape over my, <laughs> anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like those are the sorts of images, some of you are like, what kind of image is that? But you know what I'm talking about. The images, when I think about growth and maturity, how many of you, if we, have, if we had audio of you spouting off 10 years ago about your beliefs about the world, political, spiritual, your opinions about things, um, how many of you, if, if we had audio of you, you'd be like, ooh, it would just be a cringe fest. You would just be like, oh. How many of you think exactly about your life in the world like you did 10 years ago? No, of course not. You, of course you don't. Because you've grown. You've expanded. You see more. You're probably more at peace with the complexity and ambiguity of life. You, uh, you probably have all sorts of areas where you think, I can't believe I used to be like that. How many of you uh, 
think about periods of your life and you're almost like embarrassed that you said or did or believed that. Uh, or you see a picture and the first thing from your past when you see a picture from your past is you think, oh my word, what was I thinking? <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. How many of you really want to go back 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? You're like, yeah, I would love to go back there, be exactly that person. No, no, of course not. We, we are so grateful for how far we've come. Were there moments along the way of regression, uh, moments when you feel like you relapsed? Yeah, of course. But when, when you think about your life, it's almost like two steps forward, one step back. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like you make progress and you just get going and then ah, step back. But then you keep going and you get a little farther. And then maybe there's a moment of regression or relapse. And then maybe sometimes it feels like three steps back and one step forward. But overall, you are farther along. And yet you are farther along. And that somehow includes all the moments when it feels like you took a few steps back. Uh, there's this great story Jesus tells about two men who go up to the temple to pray. And the one is basically like, man, thank God I'm not like all these losers. That's my version. And the other one is like, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now, whether or not you're religious or believe in God or that sort of thing, uh, I'm sure you can tap into the sentiment. I'm sure something about that prayer resonates. God, have mercy on me. <laughs> it's those moments when you're like, oh. any of you ever said something to somebody that you love and already as it's coming out of your mouth, you're regretting it? You're like, why am I saying this? This is only going to cause heartache and pain and I'm going to spend the next week apologizing. <laughs> yes, me too. Me too. Me too. There's this great line in the New Testament about working out our salvation with fear and trembling with this sense of deep abiding respect for, oh, I have this life and it matters and I want to do something with it. But I also have these habits, these voices, these tendencies that at times are so destructive. So at some level, it's less like an eagle taking off, taking flight, than it is a battle, a, a battle not to listen to some of these destructive voices, not to fall back into those old patterns. Now, the reason why I go through all this is there is something about your individual life in which your movement, your evolution, and your progress has at some level been, some people got like stumbling around in the dark or just finding breadcrumbs on a trail, or I might just say, there's an element of two steps forward, one step back. Three steps forward, step back, four steps back, <laughs> one step forward sometimes. Yeah, that, that, that's how it works. And then secondly, if you're like me, if you experience too much change, if too much gets pulled out from under you, that feeling like the thing that you are standing on, you're no longer standing on, for many of us, uh, we're all about change and we want to keep going, but if too much happens, it can become disorienting, and then we actually find ourselves trying to slow it down. When too much around us changes, 
when we're moving too fast, our tendency is to grab something familiar. And so our lives keep moving forward, yet there are these moments when it actually moves too fast and something within us is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, hold on, I need a minute here. It's like we pause for breath. It's like when others aren't moving along as fast as we want them to move along, we get impatient. But when it comes to our own path, we want people to be very patient with us when we're not coming along as fast as they wish we were coming along. So there's something about the nature of the forward movement of our lives that involves these moments uh, where we fall, trip, relapse, regress, fall into old patterns, behaviors, addictions. There is something about the very nature of our own individual evolution that includes moments when we aren't just racing forward into a glorious future. And there is also something about the way in which our li- we evolve that at times, if we find things moving too fast, we tend to dig in our heels, grasp for things that are familiar. Sometimes we just find ourselves like, you know what? Okay, I'll get there. Maybe just not today. Um, have you ever worked in a job where you were being pushed beyond your limits and it was hard to keep up? And so you were like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll get there. Just give me a second. Or maybe you're in a relationship and the person was like, how come you aren't or you should or when are we going to? And you're like, ah, I'll get there. And what you're essentially asking for is just be patient with me. This, just be patient with me. And so we're often deeply impatient with others when they don't seem to get it. And yet when we find ourselves not getting it, what we want is endless patience. That's how progress works in your life and in my life. It's not really a nice, neat, planned trip. It's more like a long, slow march in a particular direction with a number of twists, turns, detours, retreats, and maybe even a victory now and then. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, the reason why I talk about you and your life is because you have a body made up of smaller parts and you and your body are a smaller part in a larger body and there is your life made up of all of its experiences, both steps forward and steps back, but you are part of a greater communal life which is then going to reflect all that's true at the individual level in its larger collective level. Are you with me? Raise your glasses so good. And here's why this is so key. The inevitable forward march of history will inevitably have setbacks. The unstoppable arc of history will have moments when the arc is a little wobbly. We will continue to take steps forward together, but there inevitably 
will be moments when it feels like the whole thing may take a few steps back. Think of history and think of the communal life of a tribe, an institution, a movement, or, for example, a nation. Think of it a bit like a rubber band. In your life, when you have been pulled and pulled or pushed into a new future, when your personal evolution has sped up, it can only progress so fast, like a rubber band. You can only stretch so fast before if you stretch too far and too fast, there will inevitably be a snapback. And the really, really, really important thing to keep in mind right now is that when people are panicking, saying, what are we going to do? It feels like we've taken a step back. Yes. Yes. It's okay to say, yes, it feels like we've taken a step back. But when you understand the larger movements of history and the larger movements of our individual lives, you realize this is how progress works, is it's a bunch of steps forwards, and then sometimes it feels like we've taken a step back. Yeah. Now, sometimes that step back is just bad. It's racist. It is bigoted. It is anti-women. It is literally lying about the facts. Sometimes it's just bad. And so central to understanding this is sometimes a step back is just bad. It's nasty. It's inhumane. It's unjust. And so you just have to call it what it is. And uh, next episode, I want to talk about the power of counter narrative and what to do when you're in a system that is toxic and is actually doing things that are wrong, evil, unjust. We're going to get to that. But first off, it's really important here to just acknowledge when there is like a giant step back, you need to call it what it is. And then at the same time, without excusing or condoning any of that, to see it spiritually within a much larger framework of understanding. We have made massive progress, and yet we have a long way to go. And one of the really important things is in a time like this when it feels like there are all these forces at work and things seem more divided than ever and everything within you is like furious, angry with those people and why don't they get it and why can't they come into the future with us. The important thing, you can hold on to all that, but the important thing also is to listen and ask, is there anything about the speed of progress that has caused us to embrace some things because they're new as progress, when in fact they aren't progress. And I would argue that this election, as bizarre and bonkers, and so much of it makes me want to throw up in my mouth, I would argue that underneath it all, if you listen very carefully in some areas, and not all, because some of it's just nasty, bad, I want nothing to do with it, but it's really important to listen for what else may be happening and what else may actually be the rubber band going. We can't move this fast. So a couple things real quickly, a couple examples. Technology. Uh, Google and Uber have been very clear about the goal of driverless cars and driverless trucks. 
and driverless trucks that would be on the freeways that would be safer, that would transport all the things that the trucking industry does now. And if you're like me, you go, oh, wow, safer? Fantastic. That's great. But there's something like two and a half million truck drivers in the country. The number is mass. It's way bigger than, than you'd think it would be. There are a large number of people who the moment they hear driverless trucks, what they hear is not a wonderful, glorious future. They hear unemployment. Now, the reason why this is interesting is who, and this is the question that's been asked for thousands of years, who gets to shape the future? Do just the wealthy get to shape the future? Do people who have billions of dollars and have large technological corporations get to choose where the future goes without any input from everybody else? Does somebody somewhere say, we should have driverless trucks? And now, what, two and a half million people will lose a way of life? Ah, it's okay. It's, a, it's, it's fine, because we need to have driverless trucks. So sometimes what happens is progress is racing forward, and it's like everybody gets high on the fumes without realizing not everybody is hearing about this new thing through the same ears and seeing it through the same lens. And so how progress works is that often at a personal level, your own evolution is two steps forward, one step back. That is true of our larger body as well. And right now it feels like we're taking a step back. That's actually how it works in history. That's actually how it works. And that's not to say that's great. It's just, it's actually, if you look back, it's kind of how it works is things lurch forward and then they sort of have some pushback and then the rubber band pulls and then the rubber, there's a little bit of pullback and then it keeps going. But the deeper thing underneath it about progress is sometimes when the rubber band is pulling back, what it's doing is it's calling to you and it's saying, hey, listen, listen, because this thing over here, something may be going into the future that you don't necessarily want to take with you into the future without examining it and looking at it really, really closely. Here's an example. I grew up in the Midwest, and there were these farming towns, like where my grandma lived in Williamston, Michigan. These farming towns would have a town center, and there'd be a movie theater, and there'd be an a ice cream place, and a restaurant, and maybe a couple clothing stores. There'd be a post office. There'd be a funeral home, uh, maybe a couple churches. There'd be like a main street. And you would go into town, like you'd get in the pickup, and you'd drive into town. And the town was where everybody from the farms would run into each other. And there was like this beautiful communal thing. And uh, Friday night, everybody would show up at the movies. Or Saturday night, people would be at the one or two restaurants in town. And everybody knew everybody. And that was like, like the lifeblood of the area. But now, you go into those small towns. And oftentimes, they're like ghost towns. And the buildings are actually quite cool. Um, they're oftentimes brick with these, you know, exposed beam ceilings and wood floors. Oftentimes the buildings are actually great. And generally it's a ghost town. Why? Because out by the exit on the freeway is an Applebee's and a Best Buy and a T-Mobile. And a, are you with me? You can name those stores. Soulless strip mall 
microwave ribs restaurants. Why? Because just get it to us cheaper. We just want it cheaper. Just make it cheaper. And then everybody will be better off. And so all these small towns and the communal life within them often got gutted so that we could have neon exits in which this exit, I don't know if I'm in Toledo, Naperville, Sarasota, or Phoenix. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You pull off the freeway, and it's the same neon. Man, I sound like a rant. This sounds like a rant, doesn't it? But you know what I'm talking about. All of that, hey, faster, bigger, cheaper. Did we, in fact, lose something along the way? And so it feels right now like we're taking a step back. But if we move through all the stuff that's just wrong, evil, nasty, we want nothing to do with, another question in there would be, is there anything about what feels like a step back that might be something within the system going, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We might be losing something of value in our obsession with bigger, cheaper, faster, more plastic, more crap for landfills. Are you with me, my friends? And in times like this, more than ever, yes, resist. I'm going to talk about that in future episodes. Yes, get organized. Yes, get angry. Yes, figure out how the political system works. And let's change this thing. But also, what spiritual wisdom does is it listens very carefully that is there anything about what appears to be like a step back that might be like a gift to us? It might be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Might there be some things that we have embraced in the name of progress that aren't, did they maybe bring with them some things that might be really destructive in the long run? Just the fact that we are experiencing an unprecedented division in wealth between the rich and poor. At this moment, roughly 41% of wealth is in the hands of less than 1% of the population. Less than 1% of our population owns roughly 41% of the wealth. Does something about that terrify you? If you're going to get angry, get angry with a system that has robbed so many people of the basics, like a house, education, some job prospects, some food, maybe a little health care, and put this much of our communal wealth in the hands of just a few people. And, and so when you see this, what looks like a resistance, and it feels like a lack of evolution, and it feels like, yeah, some of it just is. Some of it is just, it's racist. Some of it is just nasty, national. Some of it's just, but some of it may be, hold on, hold on. Something is wrong here, and we need to talk about it. Yeah, so there's a wisdom that's needed here. And it's a wisdom that's needed more than ever. So we need resistance more than ever. Smart, intelligent, informed activism, protests, organizing for the future. 
In a couple episodes, we're going to talk about seeds and how movements that upend the social order with a better future, uh, the images that Jesus used are agrarian images like yeast and seeds, which grow over time. So part of the things happening right now is a lot of people are like, we need to change the system. You want to change the system? It's going to take a while. So you're going to have to move from some of the more modern images of buttons, pulleys, and levers, which are, how do we get this guy out of office? Well, how you get the guy out of office is you learn how the system works, and then you subvert it, and you build a new system, or a better system, or you take the existing system and you co-opt it with some better values and integrity, but the way that you do that takes a while. You're going to have to plant some seeds and cultivate them. Lasting change, you generally have to grow in your backyard. You don't generally get to buy it off the shelf in a store. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But right now, what I wanted you to see in this episode is that progress usually is a bunch of steps forward and then a step back here and there, sometimes a lot. And that's what's happening right now. We have made massive progress in our understanding of the environment and our need to take better care of the environment. We still have a long way to go. We've made massive progress in the dignity of women and women having equality and rights and options and uh, being empowered to be everything they're here to be. And we also have a long way to go. And we've had massive progress for our LGBT brothers and sisters. And we have a long way to go. And we've made massive progress in understanding, wait, this massive division between the rich and the poor uh, is not good for our collective body. And yet we have a long way to go. So uh, to wrap it up then, what are we going to do? First off, we're going to learn, learn. Any issues you find yourself getting cranked up about, first thing, just give yourself a crash course, just a brief crash course. The more you know, it will never hurt to better understand the issues that are in play. And then obviously get involved, but then the really interesting invitation right now in the midst of all this insanity, which is why it's so awesome at the same time, is we're all getting invited to get better, to get smarter, to get more loving, to get more expansive, to not just lash out at things that we think are wrong with more violence, but to take the violence out of circulation, which always requires that you get bigger. It always requires that you get more mature, more solid, more grounded. When you've just been punched and everything within you wants to punch back, but you realize then you become just like them. So you're going to have to think of some other way. You're going to have to get more imaginative, more creative, more daring, more poetic. Oh yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, it does. It feels like a giant step back. It's also an invitation for all of us to go to a whole new place. And one thing I should say this at the end, you know what I think is going to happen? I think 10 years from now, when people say, remember when our president, remember when people elected a, a, reality TV show person who puts his name on buildings, who has obviously unresolved issues with his macho-ness or something. I don't even want to say that. Uh, Remember when people completely lost the plot and elected that guy? I actually think what's going to happen is people can say, yeah, and remember when people woke up? (laughs) 
Remember when high school students started marching in the streets? Remember when people started actually started going to town hall meetings and interacting with their representatives? Remember when people, everybody got together and said, we want our country back? <laughs> I think in a decade from now, we're going to say, remember that election night when you were like, what is happening? And when you were so bummed and angry and frustrated and bewildered and anxious the next day, remember how in all of that, we woke up and we realized that we have a body. So yeah, it was a, felt like a giant step back, but in some weird, counterintuitive, subversive way, it actually ended up bringing about a whole new series of steps forward. Let the ones who have ears to hear, hear, my friends. Raise your glasses so good. Grace and peace.